scoopty 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 boop what the f- does that mean it's the going off podcast with rap critic and muse and we got a special guest for us today yo it's been too long you shouldn't have left us without a dope beat to uh fucked up the rhyme anyway here's the respect <laughs> hello hello sirs how you guys doing the dyed blonde elephant in the room <laughs> right now. Not Frank right. Ocean, not Chris Breezy. We we're, we got to mm. talk about your boy because he damn sure ain't mine. <laughs> <laughs> D, I saw you already made a few videos about Kanye in this yeah. whole time, but yeah. just for the folks who listened to us last week, I just want to do a really quick game of catch up because. We record this podcast so early in the week that... <laughs> and Kanye does so much shit. <laughs> we happen to talk about Kanye right before shit really hit the fan. So, is a quick reminder, a little last time on... <laughs> Here is everything that happened with the Kanye Twitter saga since we recorded last. Uh, he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing a MAGA hat with two white gentlemen doing the white nationalist okay hand signal. Uh. You got one guy doing the hand signal, and they're all really, really close, and Kanye just looks like he'd rather be anywhere else in that photo. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I was so confused. I was just like, I don't understand. Does he not know that he's taking a picture with someone? Like, why does he look like it? Like, it's said, straight up and down, he looked like he's in a goddamn sunken place. <laughs> yeah. He took the picture of the MAGA hat, Signed by Trump, or I don't know if that's like a stamp, because that's a really big. That's autograph. His handwriting. It's just huge. I don't, yeah. I, I'd imagine it would look weird signing it that big. You know, like have you ever tried to sign your name five times bigger than you normally do? It doesn't look exactly <laughs> the you, same. Have you seen his hands with hands the size of his? You have to over overcompensate and write and. Ah, I gotta upscale it. Yeah, it's like calligraphy um, for him. You know. So Trump retweeted that photo. Then we got uh, Kanye recording a video of a freestyle wearing the hat. Uh, he retweeted Chance the Rapper getting Chance in all sort of heat for a couple days. <laughs> Tweeted out a photo of a conversation between himself and concerned friend John Legend. Then we got the uh, Yay versus the people with T.I. That's what I want to talk about. That's the main thing I want to talk about. Finally, which brings it all around, calling Emma Gonzalez's hero thusly turning off a good chunk of his newly found conservative base. Well, Candace Owens is is a big, she's a big chunk of that as well. Candace Owens and the Dilbert guy was right where we left off. I forgot to mention oh, the okay, TMZ okay, okay. thing, saying that 400 years of slavery sounds like a choice, and then uh, getting told off by a dude in the back of the room who's becoming Twitter's new hero as of late. The two separate clips. The first clip, Kanye is sitting there with Candace Owens, and... Candace Owens says that seeing Kanye wearing the MAGA hat was one of the most unifying things she's seen in a while, <laughs> and how the internet's hateful response is just uh, indicative of how the internet uh, and the left uh, tend to go. Going on to say that Chrissy Teigen is one of the most hateful people she's seen on the internet, which triggered Kanye to do the whole like, uh, I don't know, we're we're really close friends. You might not wanna, mm -hmm. might not wanna go there with me and John. You don't wanna start waves. The point that I wanted to get to was the thing that uh, you, D-Respect, that you had said, which was, I think, no one had really sort of talked about... I mean, you know, people always sort of say, oh, he's just doing it for attention, he's just doing it for attention. But, like, you had a specific uh, uh, 
take on it, which I feel like has recently been verified uh, by the song, actually. My take on ju- just the whole thing in general was that it's it's it doesn't really have to do with the details of what Donald Trump is really about, because everybody's reaction is initially, well, Kanye's officially sold his race out. Uh, he's officially just, you know, just another puppet. In, in Donald Trump's uh, pocket or his game or whatever the fuck. But the way I saw it is, is just, it, it's Kanye. Kanye's sunken place happened when he wasn't accepted by the fashion industry. The fashion industry is to Kanye what politics and what being president is to Donald Trump. So when he wasn't accepted in that world, I think he saw a lot of Donald in himself and he identified with the source of that. I don't think this has anything to do with his policies. This doesn't have anything to do with that. It just has everything to do with with Kanye, with Kanye and his vision and what he'd like to accomplish. And if we would just all get out of his way, he could be Donald Trump. But in his own, you know, within his own context, not, you know, not all the details of the racism and misogyny and all that stuff. He'll be maybe using that dark power just in a good way. I feel like he thinks that people are exaggerating about the implications and and the influence that Donald Trump has had over the past couple of years. I think oh, he he's rich. Thinks that, he can't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't exactly. see that part. First of all, let's just say like that other song. Fuck that other song. That was, <laughs> was fucking stupid, and we and we all know that. Like no one's listening to that song, going, "Now wait a minute. Oh, let, let's hear this Kanye out with the scoopity poopoo. What's he trying to say here?" D- dude, no, before no. you before you go into Ye versus the people, I I had just sometimes I just want to. Th- throw stupid theories out there just for people to play with it and i wasn't even taking it seriously but i found out that the song that they sampled on on the uh lift yourself was a record by a group named amnesty and the name of the song was liberty so i i I wondered and i was like well is this kanye having sort of an anti-trump stance on immigration and wanting to grant amnesty to all legal immigrants is it commentary on that i know that's not the case because it's just a troll record but i'm like even if that's accidental even if that's an accident i think that's fucking poetic i also wanted to ask because you had mentioned the fashion industry thing and like this was briefly touched upon in the Charlemagne interview, but I haven't seen a sizable chunk of that video again. I'm gonna have to watch it later. But even in that video, he says I was 45 minutes late, and they basically like ate my balls over that. Is he just gonna like ignore the fact that he was 45 minutes late? <laughs> yeah, like, like that's not a. <laughs> This isn't like a rap concert where you can just be late and the fans will just wait for you. These people actually have like money on the line. <laughs> I was 45 minutes late. And he took that, and in the interview, you can see it for itself, he says, they went after me, and they used it almost as an excuse to be able to say the N-word about me without actually saying it, because they were looking at it as, you know, they were judging me, and he was making it sound like they were judging him from, like, a fashion standpoint, or, it's like, no, motherfucker, you were 45 minutes late <laughs> to your own goddamn thing! Of course they have every right to be like, who the fuck is this asshole? Like, you can't blame anyone for that but yourself. Be respect, you had said that basically he's doing all of this because he sees himself in Donald Trump, right? It's not like he's some poor kid who came up, you know, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. No, it's based off of his father's fortune who literally gave him $5 million. This dude went bankrupt six times. This is not a person whose uh, um, ability to thrive in the world is based off of just all Trump's ingenuity. No, it's based off of the fact that basically he's a trust fund baby who's too big to fail. I'm just going to put this out there. Kanye does not want to run for president. No, he was 45 minutes late. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, but I just I, I just had this thought that if like if Muse is still obsessing over the 45 minutes, it's like he's gonna have a schedule. Okay, he can't be present. He's gonna be 45 <laughs> minutes late. He's gonna be 45 minutes late to his own inauguration. He's <laughs> like, ah, if you're 30 minutes late, we gotta give it to someone else. <laughs> we gotta give it to the runner-up. What the fuck is this guy? He's taking us for granted. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Kanye does not believe in Donald Trump's rhetoric. He does not believe in anything, anything that he actually says. My problem is we're all dealing with this euphemistic language instead of directly saying what the point is. You know, when Kanye West said, when he first made the statement, I th- I like the way Candace Owen thinks. Someone should have immediately been like, what do you like about the way she thinks? You know what I'm saying? Because then we can say, like, her. if the point is, oh, I like that she, you know, it, it just thinks contrary to what the typical thing is, then it's like, okay, well, that's stupid, but that's whatever. But see, the problem was the ambiguity. He didn't say that, well, I'm a Republican and I believe that black people need to stop complaining. He didn't say all of that. But the problem with the way the current climate is, it's that... First of all, we don't like really analyzing things. We like looking at surface assumptions and going, oh, that must be, and that guy is bad. You know, we saw Kanye with the Make America Great Again hat on, and we were like, oh, must be racist, must be all these things. Okay, we shut him off. But when you actually listen to what he's saying, he just sounds like an idiot who hasn't really engaged in politics in a really long time, and so he doesn't really understand just how dangerous the rhetoric of Donald Trump and his followers are. I saw one screen grab, it was someone talking to Kanye, I don't even know who it was, but they were like, hey Kanye, you know, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, you know, you gotta get on that Republican bandwagon, and he's like, wow, I'm really, you know, I'm learning a lot today, and it's like... You hear what I'm, like, he didn't know that? Completely ignoring everything that happened in the 1900s, the swap with Barry Goldwater and Nixon, no one says anything about that, but those who have that one agenda of, I gotta plant this seed, because he looks like he might be dabbling with the Republican Party, it's like, we don't know 100% sure, you're absolutely right. It's the fact that, and it's what this guy says in the TMZ video of, like, we're dealing with real-life consequences. Like, how do you not see that as you, as someone who actually who actually had to come up out, out, off of, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he didn't have it the worst, but, you know, he still kind of had to struggle in his way. And then, like, you see this dude, he's literally a silver spoon baby. Like... How do you not, how do you not see this? You know what I'm saying? And then going back to the, to the, um, um, to the thing about the democratic switch that happened in the 50s and 60s, it's like, how do you not already know this? You're in your 40s. Like, what the fuck? Well, he dropped out of college. <laughs> oh. Stay in college, kids. I- Stay in school, kids. That's what this is all leading up to. <laughs> that, he had that late registration. <laughs> he was 45 minutes late. I think it's not so much about being an underdog because we all know that Donald Trump isn't an underdog. We all know his background and it's a lot more privileged than the 99.9% of people. Um, But when you put somebody in a different room, I think that's specifically what it's about. It's of course we we can say that whatever Kanye has like within the rap game, of course we don't view him like an underdog because he isn't. He's already Walt Disney to us. He's already Walt Disney in our eyes. And I think the way he looks at it as, no, you put Donald Trump in the room of politics and he is nothing when compared to Hillary Clinton as far as experience. He's nothing when compared to a Marco Rubio as far as experience. They're real politicians. Kanye may not be a real fashion designer. He's just a rapper. Just like it. So it's it's they've been put in their own boxes. And I think I think the the I th- I think the issue that people have with it is 
it's it's what somebody represents like Donald Trump is representing something that had is representing something and you said something about ambiguity which is what made the MAGA thing work it's just what makes you know just do it work it's like what does that mean what do you want me to do you know MAGA make it great again when when was it great I don't know just just MAGA and Kanye sending ambiguous tweets like I like the way Candace Owens thinks is still that same tactic because it's like what did I mean I don't know I'm I'm not going to elaborate on that I don't think see I've only gotten through 55 minutes of that interview and of course we're not going to discuss the details of it because uh, you know because RC you haven't even seen any of it but um, one thing that you're not going to get I I don't think at least is you're going to get a question of let me walk Kanye down the line and let me ask him what he feels about certain political views and what he feels about this it's all going to be vague as an artist I think you do have to have some sort of conviction and I feel like when, when he plays this sort of shit this to me feels like well, I want to invite the MAGA people because there's a lot of white people in there, but I also want to keep my black audience, so I don't want to say anything that's too decisive. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, dude, will you make a decision on something? Because the thing that we're really waiting for is like, are you okay with the things that Donald Trump is doing? That's the thing that we're trying to definitively get out, uh, out of you. The one thing that he's actually commented on specifically is Obama didn't do anything for Chicago in eight years. And after that, I saw... Of all people, a Pizzagate, Pedogate person on Twitter that Roseanne follows and likes all the time was sharing an article that Kanye was trying to raise money for inner inner city children, which I found hilarious that now all of a sudden, because Kanye seems vaguely alt-right, that all these folks who didn't give a shit about Chicago, didn't give a shit about inner city children, are now all of a sudden like, how can anyone hate on poor innocent Kanye? Look at this amazing thing he's doing. We're all of a sudden going to latch onto this cause because we think he's latched onto ours. But with Kanye, you could tell he has his heart in that place. But what I think the big question here is, okay, Kanye, Obama didn't do anything for Chicago in eight years in your eyes. What, what do, do you think, think Trump, Trump is going to do? <laughs> the only thing he's commented on is possibly sending the National Guard into Chicago to clean things up. Is that what you think would help? Like, <laughs> is that what you were wanting Obama to do this whole time? That's the only thing politically specific I've seen. But with, with one thing about yay versus the people, make America great again. I saw that. It was divisive. I'm going to turn it around, flip it around, make it my own thing. Now it's going to mean this. And that's what reminded me of when he tried to sell the Confederate flag yep. merch. Uh-huh. And his his whole take on it was, oh, yeah, well, it meant this thing. Now it means this. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, Kanye, but you selling merch with this image on it is never going to overshadow. Yeah. It's connotation with slavery and racism. You as one person, I'm sorry, no matter how big of a person you are, no one person yeah, you would- is ever going to be able to clear up and replace what that already means. To so many people, to millions of people, MAGA, Donald Trump means anti-black, anti-Muslim, anti-Hispanic, anti-woman, anti-child, anti-environment, anti-LGBTQ. Kanye has no conviction, right? There's nothing that he's definitively saying that like is that you can put a movement behind. So when he says, I'm going to wear the Make America Great Again hat, you know, I'm, I'm taking the meaning and I'm turning it into something else. The question becomes, what else? 
what are you turning it into? And so now if he would have said, make America great again has a negative perception, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use that phrase in reference to the fact that, hey, you know, the Homestead Act back in the 1950s, it was a social program that gave, you know, uh, uh, people money so that they, uh, that basically created the middle class. We're gonna try to do that for black people now. We're gonna make that policy come back and that's how we're gonna make America great again. Because it was great for those white people then, let's make it great for everybody. That's how you could turn that around and make it slick because if you do a movement like that then people can go hey yeah i'm gonna wear that hat because i i know it's gonna piss off you know the people who originally wore that hat who knew that they were wearing it just because they were racist assholes if you have a movement behind it yes then you can change things but if it's just this vain bullshit of i want to change it because i have enough power to change whatever i want then people are just gonna sit there and be like um no, because there's no reason behind it, so fuck you. It really just feels like Kanye sees the MAGA hat and Donald Trump gets this reputation of being racist or targeting racists or appealing to racists. So he, as a black man, decides, well, if I wear the hat... And that's really it. Yeah. Like, that's... Like, dot, dot, dot. He Obama never... anointed me the best artist of our time. He anointed me the best artist of our time. So if no one is going to do it, I'll, um, I'm the one that's going to be able to do it, I guess. It doesn't help that Donald Trump decided to name drop Kanye at a rally. And then... <laughs> And then the campaign was sending out emails talking about Kanye being a free thinker and basically saying, like, you've seen Kanye in the hat. Buy a hat. You've seen Kanye wear it. So they're using him to sell hats Just and they're using it. him to perpetuate his own message. I don't think Kanye ever thought in his wildest dreams that that was where this was going to go. Through us making this episode, I want to, in some small way, dispel what he is doing because what is what he's trying to do is reappropriate something that has a negative connotation but what he's not realizing is he's, is he's being uh used as a tool to help that negative connotation that's ultimately what's happening at the end of the day for kanye i think he he knows he's able to do this because he knows he could just be a chameleon and five years later he's going to be on something else because he wants to express something that he feels is coming or or a stream of consciousness that's on its way. So he's like, I'm not here right now. I, I know the whole world is obsessing over over what this symbol means or, or you know, what, what it really is or what, whatever the fuck it is, we're, we're obsessing over it. But I'm on something else now. I'm going to use Donald Trump. And like you said, Muse, you know, you're not going to use Donald Trump. He's going to use you. <laughs> the song itself if they would have just put two more hours into that record, it would have sounded so much better. So much better. The part that just made me lose my mind is when he said the thing about the MAGA, when he said that he made it, gave it a new perception, and then he goes, and y'all simply question it, my <laughs> methods. Yeah. It's, I, stop, stop it. Take, 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 cut, cut, cut. Kanye, you got to do that again. When you saw the video of T.I. and Kanye talking, it looked like, like, all right, this is what I think about what you're saying. And it was like, okay, now record it. And it was just like, guys, that's not how this should go. You don't just, like, record the very first fucking thing you think. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can do that, but this is what you get, <laughs> you know? When he says, uh, he says, um, you had a bad idea and you're making it worse. This is just as bad as Catholic preachers raping in church. That's the worst. That's no, no, no. I can't stand for that. It's like, don't do that.
The thing is, you literally just illustrated just how horrible what he's doing is. Shouldn't that cause you to like, stop for a second, Kanye? Just be like, wait, why do you think it's that bad? Why do you think that? What's going on? But again, he's trying to do that, you know, that rich boy logic of like, I'm thinking on top of everyone else's ideologies. I'm, I'm on a different plane. It's just like, well, but here we have to worry about real life, Kanye. I'll fight you on that point. I don't think that T.I. I mean, because if, because if we made a rap song together and I compared something that you did to something as vile as, as pedophilia, that in no way uh, means that what you're doing should come into, even though what Kanye's doing should come into question, I don't think that T.I.'s line is evidence of that. I don't think Kanye should look at that and say, whoa, why would he make such a comparison? I think, whoa, T.I., don't make that comparison. So if we're going to get into it, like literally the next thing that he says after that, it says, he says, y'all been leading with hate. See, I just approach it different, like a gang truce, the first blood to shake a Crip's hand. He thinks he's Meteor Man. He thinks he's Robert Townsend. How exactly are you doing that? Because just wearing a hat is not doing that. In fact, it doesn't seem like you're changing anyone's mind. It seems like they're changing your mind. You have literally no agenda to help anyone but your own ego. And that's so apparent because when someone only thinks that way of, I can change something because I want to. Well, it, we're seeing the manifestation of that because you have no plan beyond that. So all you're doing is just being manipulated because all you're thinking about is ego instead of how to actually go about creating change. With the context provided, uh, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. Okay, she's right wing. Now I'm going to share this video of the Dilbert guy. I'm sorry I never took time to learn his name. Scott Adams, I think that might be yeah, close it, to it. it. Again, conservative right wing guy. Wearing the MAGA hat. That's a conservative right wing thing. At no point is he going back and forth trying to give um, both sides of it. The only time he ever brings Democrats into it is we got to get off the Democratic plantation. Obama didn't do this for eight years. All it's been is criticisms. And I saw one comment in the comment section of last week's video, and I'm going to totally acknowledge this because I think Chance kind of got dogpiled when I don't even know if he knew what exactly he was saying in the, in the context. Maybe it was just bad timing. But when Chance says, blacks don't have to be Democrats forever or whatever, Kanye says, no, Obama didn't do anything for Chicago in eight years. It's no secret that Democrats have been using in one term, kind of expecting the black vote, and then not really doing much about it. I mean, Bill Clinton is known as the first black president, or at least he was before Obama. And what? That was tough on crime, Clinton, 90s. What's the, what's the solution uh, to police brutality? More cops. Like, we know, this isn't a secret, that they haven't done the best for it. The track record just isn't as shady, or uh, outwardly as shady as the Republicans. The message needs to be nuanced. You can't just go out there and say, Obama didn't do anything for Chicago, so I'm all of a sudden going to jump on Trump's side here. Yeah, if you're going to be act like you're a centrist, be a centrist. Say, hey, you know, Bush didn't do shit either. And, you know, Obama didn't do anything. So both of y'all need to vote. And, and then, you know, it would have been really slick if he was like, a matter of fact, I'm going to make a new black voter party and we're going to be voting for our issues. Like that would have been slick, right? Because he's what he's saying is what Chance is saying is, um, oh, we don't have to vote Democrat. And, you know, in the song, he says, oh, you guys are on the, the, the blue plantation and, uh, shit. and it's like, yeah, you know, you're right. We should totally get away from them if they do not have the interests of black people at heart, which we are seeing is the truth. They're Let's using talk about that. the alternative rather than. 
Exactly. Because what when you say, oh, let's get away from Democrats, you're not finishing the sentence because what we do is fill it in because we only have one other choice at the current moment. You're tacitly endorsing the other side unless you're giving an alternative. At the end of the day, I'm just going to quote or paraphrase. There was a vine that went around of Kanye talking about your brand. And he goes, take Lady Gaga. She is the oh. consultant of Kodak. <laughs> the Kodak. I, I like some of Lady Gaga's songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? I like some of Kanye's songs. What the fuck does he know about politics? Wouldn't this be amazing if, if like, at the root of all this is Kanye simply got inspired by a stupid fucking YouTuber. Because that's what Candace Owen was, sort of, for a bit of time. She has a YouTube channel. He just found her on YouTube and saw all those videos and then tweeted that out. And now we're here. You know, can you imagine if that's what it is? If he randomly came across a... I don't know, trying to think of the equal... Philip DeFranco or something. Well, he's not really a Phil DeFranco or a fucking Young Turks video, if he stumbled on that, (laughs) would he randomly become, like, the new progressive poster child? Because he's, like, that impressionable? Jenk is a genius. Of course! All three of us could certainly agree that that's a possibility. That it's a possibility that he could have easily got his mind switched or he figured that that was a good tactic by, you know, going through Candace Owens. The fact that he tweeted about someone like a Candace Owens, just like how he could tweet about the Young Turks, says a lot about how, like, media is just being turned inside out. You know, he, he didn't say Rachel Maddow or uh, Sean Hannity is, is you know, it, I like the way they think. He, somebody who's largely independent, regardless of what you think about her political leaning or, or whatever, I think that there's a conversation to be had about the fact that that's what's speaking to everybody. And that's how everybody's being influenced, be it uh, be it right or left. It's no we're no longer being pulled by late night TV We're we're being pulled by people who just, you know, just uh, people who aren't necessarily. Well, now she's probably backed by some fucking right wing engine or if not now, she will be. You know, she will be. She's she's going to get the Tammy Lauren. Uh, and this is, by the way, this is very similar. I, I thought about because Ebro said that he wanted to bring her on his show uh, on on the Hot 97 show. But I remember when Charlemagne had that whole thing going on with Tammy Lauren, they criticized him for bringing Tammy Lauren on their show. So she's probably not going to be on Hot 97. So I wouldn't expect Candace Owens' message to get out there because nobody's going to listen to her. Kanye West isn't a racist. He actually does not want to go for anything Trump's policies uh, put forward. What if he said taxes? Oh, like, I benefit from the taxes. That's why I'm for it. I would at least appreciate the honesty. I got to tell you. If he just said, yo, I'm doing this because Donald Trump's trying to get my taxes lowered. I would, like, See, I would the, at least be well, like, you know, okay. that's interesting. Because in this current juncture, it feels deceitful. It feels like, it feels mealy-mouthed, right? Oh, uh, well, I'm for love. And, and, and Yes, everyone, every person who's ever started a cult doesn't say, I want to subjugate people and, you know, treat them like shit and do that. No, they always say shit like this. They always say, I'm for love and generic things and da 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 What's the specificity of what you're talking about? So if you can at least tell me, fuck it, I'm doing it because there's money involved, I can at least be like, all right, fuck you, good night. Kanye doesn't have people actually talking to him. I've said it before, Kanye has no real friends. I think that we cannot doubt that at this point. I mean, we've all heard real friends. That was a cry for help. Kanye does not have anyone who's just like, dude, hey, you want to chill out, man? You want to go see a movie? You want to just kick it? 
You know what I'm saying? And, and John Legend, you know, he saw the cry for help, and he was like, you know what? Let me, let me, let me reach out. Let me reach out. And Kanye put him on blast, showed his fucking tweets. I mean, uh, excuse me, showed his private message. So, you know, anyone else who could have helped him, they were like, oh, I'm not throwing my fucking, you know, name out there for him to uh, put me on blast. So fuck it. I feel like when we say mental health issue, we automatically assume oh, uh, does it mean that he has bipolar or is this crazy thing? I mean, we do know he takes fentanyl. Uh, but on top, but we also know that he's a millionaire who has access to probably whatever drug he wants. So we have to deal with the, the fact that this is a person, like, he's not you and me. He's not like, oh, well, you know, I get steamed and I get heated, but, you know, I can calm down. No, when he gets steamed and he gets heated, he can do things. He can cause things to happen. People will pay attention. And so when he has, you know, if you have your little mental breakdown, yeah, you're going to get angry, but that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, nothing you do is going to affect anyone. But when he has, goes through his bullshit, you know what I'm saying? When he has his uh, existential crisis or whatever the hell he's going through, you know, it affects people, and that's the problem. Well, in the interview, he does he he said he doesn't want to call it a breakdown. He says he want he wants to call it a breakthrough. That's what he's calling it now. Mm. I'm having my. He also says in the interview that he doesn't want to go see a therapist because the right, world right. is his therapist. Do you see what I'm trying yes. to say right now? <laughs> that was yeah, the actual quote. Oh yeah. <laughs> So this week we have two albums, one of them, uh, one of my requests, and uh, uh, Jack requests this album. It's Lil Dicky's Professional Rapper. Now, I've had my opinion about Lil Dicky before, and like, it was when I heard like a, you know, couple of songs or something like that, and it was just like, this is just dumb, I'm not paying attention to this, you know. It's like, this is like internet deep web rap type type of shit where it's just like, herder, we're a bunch of 13 year old white kids and we just, we love irony. Irony is everything. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, he's not actually a rapper, you know? And also apparently he was like a comedian first. And so he can't, he kind of got into rapping sort of like the Childish Gambino thing, but that's kind of why people kind of didn't, weren't gravitating towards them because they were like, oh, what, do you really want to do rap or is this your side hustle? Me personally, I'm like, if the rhymes are dope, I don't give a shit. Now, the thing about Lil Dicky is he is very, it's very comedy rap based, very skit rap sort of based. It's like, you know, it's never, I mean, sometimes it'll just be a song and a simple concept, but sometimes it's a, it's a high, it's a silly high concept thing. Like, I mean, we've all heard the, 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 the Freaky Friday song, which, which I put out my review, which is probably going to come out right, uh, before this podcast does. So you, you probably know most of what I think about it, but, um, just real quick, I just wanted to mention just like the ending. For those who haven't seen your review or just really quick rundown, the whole thing is like, it's the movie Freaky Friday. Uh, Lil Dicky is sick of living as Lil Dicky and he wishes he could trade places with somebody else. He's watching TV. Chris Brown says the exact same thing. They switch bodies for a day or so. So Lil Dicky gets to be Chris Brown and Chris Brown gets to be a uh, rapper that no one's ever heard of. So he gets to be kind of, he doesn't live in the, uh, in like the limelight as much. So he gets some time to himself and little Dicky gets to be this, like this um, attractive, good dancer, good singer, supposedly. And they get to benefit from that. And that's the whole thing. But at the end of the song, there's this weird little skit thing where it decides to get a little wacky and it goes like, oh, now I'm in Ed Sheeran's body, and this isn't as cool as when it was Chris Brown. And then it goes to fucking DJ Khaled, and he does his catchphrase. Then it goes to, I already forgot which Jenner. K- uh, Kendall Jenner. It does this thing 
where it's like, oh, now I'm Kendall Jenner, and it's like, oh my god, I have a vagina, I'm totally gonna, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna explore this, or whatever. And the main controversy that you brought to my attention, because it's on Rap Genius, is the fact that when Lil Dicky is in Chris Brown's body, he's like, oh, does this mean I could say the N-word? And then he says it, like, eight or so times, but... He's saying it as Chris Brown. Like, Chris Brown's actually delivering the lines, but in the lore of the song, it's a little dicky, so... It's sort of a that's where it gets muddled. thing you could say, yeah, yeah, because it's like, it's technically... As far as the narrative is concerned, it is Lil Dicky saying that. It kind of gets a little confusing there, but the thing that isn't getting talked about as much is the, so we're just going to ignore the fact that Lil Dicky went into this woman's body, and now he's going to, like take advantage of her body without her, like, consent or will. Like, I get it. She obviously signed off on it because she's in the video and she did the thing, so... But if we're going to talk about the connotation and how odd the Chris Brown thing is, it's it's kind of weird to ignore how weird the Kendall Jenner thing is. Think about who each person is, right? Now I'm in Ed Sheeran's body. Mm, it's less cool than Chris Brown. Okay, I have the direct personality of knowing that Ed Sheeran's not as cool. That's why he was brought in. DJ Khaled, he's brought in because isn't it ridiculous that he yells all the time? You know, that's his personality. Kendall Jenner's brought in because she has a vagina. Like, that was the first person who had a vagina that you thought of. and Or was that the first person that said yes? Like, how does that happen? Like, it really comes off as, like, this comes off as, like, Paris Hilton in the uh, Just Lose It video. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. like, come on, your audience is not here for this. You know, Mm -hmm. like, the the people who are into Lil Diggy, I hope, are not the same people that are into fucking Kendall Jenner and that vapid bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And so for her to be here, she is devoid of any sort of personality. It feels like this could have just been... Oh my god, I'm a woman. I have a vagina. Like, you could have replaced her name with just, I'm a woman now. Hey, I have a vagina. I'm gonna do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, the joke would still be the same. The fact that it's Kendall Jenner doesn't make it funny. The fact that it's DJ Khaled makes that part funny. The fact that it's Ed Sheeran and he looks, you know, like a redheaded sort of troll type of guy compared to a more attractive Chris Brown. Like, that's what's funny. But the, but the fact that it's Kendall Jenner, why is it funny that it's Kendall Jenner doing this? The songs that are on the album uh, Professional Rapper aren't nearly as gimmicky? There's one or two that, that kind of go into that area. Professional Rapper is borderline uh, Professor Elemental. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. the whole song is a skit mm-hmm. and there's dialogue and stuff like that. In this, you're right, there are a couple, but I think we should say straight out of the gate 20 tracks, it's an hour and a half. For a comedy slash hip hop thing, that can be dangerous because <laughs> it can overstay its welcome uh, very easily. I'm gonna go ahead and say this: I liked this album way more than I thought I was going to. Definitely, I would say the same. I, I mean, it's not like I had low expectations because up until now, the only songs I heard off of it were Professional Rapper. And uh, save that money. Yeah, and I didn't like Professional Rapper because it felt like it was just doing the gimmicky, he's a rapper, but he's white! (laughs) How ridiculous! Like This is the thing about his comedy that I wasn't a huge fan of. It's a lot of the humor comes from 
I'm just awkward and I don't really know what to say here. Like that got old really fast. How it's just like, I mean, I meant to say this, but oh, I, I mean, eh, and like there's a lot of stammering. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like that's not a joke. That's just your personality and that's just your aesthetic. The way I felt is that like, dude, this is a comedy album. If you were doing this live, this would have fallen flat. You know, like, like if it, if it wasn't I'm Lil Dicky, the awkward rapper, like if it was just you trying to actually sell this joke, like without the personality, this would have fallen flat. And it's falling flat for me because I don't think this is that funny. Like there are so many. OK, you can do that once or twice. The awkward. I'm going to keep talking, even though, you know, like save that money kind of does that where he does the deep voice. He's like, hey, guys, I'm going to give this a one star review on Yelp and da 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 da. It's like that's that's kind of funny. The rambling is funny there. But. Oh my God, the end of Truman. I listened to that and then it got to the five minute mark and I'm just like, wait, on the other tracks, he kind of talks for a while. This is a 10 minute track and we're five minutes through and it's, he's just sort of been talking for the last minute. Let me skip through. And then I skip through and it's just like, I don't need, like, this is the last track, dude. Like, don't fucking waste my time with that shit. Didn't we sit through this exact same thing twice before and typically they're uh, thank you tracks. Like I know Flatbush Zombies did that. And I forget who else. I think it might have been J. Cole. Yeah, it was J. Cole on 2014 Forest Drive where he's like, hey, man, I really wish these samples were easier to clear because that really made it a bitch to get this album out on time. But we, we got it out in time, guys. It's like, hey, that's great. If the song is good, though, what's the likelihood of me fucking including this on like a Spotify playlist or anything? Because am I really going to let this come up on shuffle and listen to the whole 11 minute fucking track? Like that's not going to fucking happen. It's why I wish people would keep that shit separate. Yeah. At the end of food and liquor, there was sort of a similar thing where he was just like thanking people for 12 minutes. And it was just like, who is this for? Put this in the liner notes. Yeah, who's listening to that track? Whose favorite track is Crucial Thoughts by Sublime, where you're just naming all these bands that inspired you? It's like, that's what the fucking booklet's for. You know this. This isn't something new. Some tracks on this album are definitely trying to be funnier than others, because other ones, they're only comedy in the sense that they're very uh, punchline heavy. But you wouldn't really consider a lot of rappers who are punchline heavy to be comic rappers. Like, that's just being clever or witty. You know, like, that doesn't, that isn't necessarily comedy. So, some tracks on here feel like they're a lot more forceful with it. And those kind of tend to be the ones I'm not that big of a fan of. But on other tracks where that, that's just kind of thrown in as an element, that I thought worked a lot better. But when he's introducing himself on professional rapper, being like, hey, I want to do, like, stand-up rap, I never got the sense that any of this was, like, stand-up rap. Like, that didn't come across to me. But a big relief was that when I saw 20 tracks, and it's a comedy album, we've been through this with MC Chris and others, I thought there were going to be a shit ton of skits. Luckily, the only skits we get are these kind of short conversations with his parents, which in the context of the album, I think actually worked pretty well. It kind of gives you a glimpse as to who he is as like a dude. And I saw someone comment that it's kind of like on Good Kid Mad City where he's on the phone or he's getting the phone messages from his parents. Like, I don't mind those skits either because it adds a level of the personality and they're funny by happenstance because it's just, this is a conversation with his parents. 
this is just how this goes. Like, they're not trying to be funny, you know? It just happens naturally. So there's a part where he makes a joke about like, oh, you know, it's great that you guys are calling and checking up on me because like, you know, P. Diddy would never, P. Diddy's mom would probably never do something like that. And his mom was like, what are you talking about? Of course she probably would. You know, all mothers are, you know, looking after their sons. Except for Jewish mothers. We're, we're probably a little bit more. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I thought that was adorable. I like those little moments. Yeah, it was cute. Like, I like his parents. Like, they're, they seem like just good people. <laughs> so we have uh, Lemmy Freak. Now, this is the song that sort of first kind of gives you the pitfalls of his humor. It's one note. It kind of goes on for a while, like, and he likes to talk about mundane things. That's the joke. Oh, most rappers will talk about extravagant things, but I'm just talking about, you know, cuddling you while watching Netflix and, and, uh, you wanted Cheetos, but I accidentally got you the, the, the flaming hot kind and you said you wanted the normal kind. Like, the joke is supposed to be, look how mundane I'm, I'm describing life, you know? Can I just say, I don't like how he puts on for me, what sounds like a black rapper accent sometimes. I was going to ask you what the rules for that were, because when I listened to Brockhampton, they got two white rappers in there, and they occasionally put on an, like a little effect there, but Lil Dicky sounds like he does it a little he, bit He sounds more. like he's trying to be a mainstream rapper. Like, he literally sounds like, hey, I'm going to try to put on the, you know, Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert, like, uh, you know, over-the-top rap voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it almost doesn't matter that he isn't saying the N-word because he might as well be because he's putting the voice on so heavy. Like, and I don't know how to describe it. Like, listen to the chorus of Lemmy Freak. Like, Lemmy Freak, God damn it, Lemmy Freak. And this is like, it's like vaguely Jamaican. This is like, I know you don't sound like that. And the thing is, if he sounded like that throughout, like most of the album, I would be fine, but he doesn't. It's when he does choruses and shit like that when he sounds like that. So it specifically sounds like an affectation. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I put on the chorus to make people listen. And can I just say, White Crime is the worst song on the album. You got the introduction, that's whatever. Professional rapper, it has its pitfalls, but overall I like it. Who Knew is a pretty solid song. Then you got Let Me Freak, Let Me Freak for Real Though, the outro, and White Crime. You could just take all three of those out. <laughs> those three are awful, which is such a shame because the next two are phenomenal. Yeah. The the song Molly featuring Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco is one of the like saddest but like at the same time like sweet. Like I I guess like rap songs about lost love like I know uh Open Mike Eagle did a very similar track but it wasn't nearly as like oh man as this one. Was and I loved Brandon Yuri uh, doing the. Uh, I I didn't like him on this track. It felt like you didn't like him. Oh my god, I loved his choruses. It felt like he it his his voice needs a certain type of sound underneath it, and the sound that's here is very hip hop, very flat, and he needs something that's very full. So when he's singing over it, it sounds like they took you know his vocals from another song and put it on this. It's not that the power isn't 
it, it isn't there. It's just that it feels overpowering relative to what's happening in the actual song, you know? Just as an aside, because we didn't really say it too much, uh, professional rapper Snoop Dogg is conducting an interview with Lil Dicky. And, that, and that's a cool about, concept, like, right? You know? Yeah, it's like, what what makes you special? And that gives you such a great introduction about, like, what he is and what you're going to hear on the album. Yeah. That it's like, I can do this, and I could also do this. Here's some jokes, but I could also be serious. It's like, that's great. That gives you, like, an introduction about what his palette is like, and who knew isn't that in deep, but it's just kind of like, well, now that you know what I'm about... Here's a little sample of this. And I hated white crime because it's like, ooh, look at the white crimes that 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 I as a white guy do. And I thought he was like, because when I hear white crime, I think, oh, yeah, like Wall Street and shit like that. But he's talking about like, I, you know, take a couple extra McDonald's napkins and I sneak mo- food into movie theaters. I was like, everyone does that. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's not specifically a white thing. Yeah, and so it was just kind of confusing and it was just like, I kept expecting there to be like a turning point, but there never was. The whole joke was, it was just the one note, I'm cheap sometimes. And what was that one where it sounded like it was live? Was it Bruh? Dude, yo, he spazzed the fuck out on that track. I was like, okay <laughs> i see you <laughs> you're not just see you're not just the white guy you actually got a couple bars okay but you was you was playing with people because you wanted to to be like oh oh i'm just the joker ever da, da, da. but i'm actually a writer who is actually really serious about putting words together i was like oh okay 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 you know he was hustling you yeah <laughs> yeah bruh is just four and a half minutes of non-stop barrage of really witty really well written and like he says in professional rapper he's he switches up the flow of good bit of times on that song and it never feels like awkward it stays very fresh yeah uh, i really like that track i wasn't a big fan of the fact that they tried to make it sound like he's doing it live like that i could have done without like the audience clips that was kind of eh. but overall the song itself uh i really dug i thought it gave it sort of a fresh feel like a lot of the, it, it, what's good about these songs is that they feel unique. They don't feel like this song sounds like this song, which sounds like this song. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I, I have to say, I fucking love Hannibal Burris. He, yo, if his rant would have been the only rant on the album, this could have been a fucking classic. <laughs> I didn't know Hannibal Burris was on the album, but to hear his little rant on what he likes and what he doesn't like about rap music as a genre is fucking great. That, was, that shit was fucking hilarious. Um, and then, of course, we get Save That Money, which, like I said, I, he does things in here that are really funny, because, like having the rapper stop halfway through the verse because he couldn't pay him. That's funny! <laughs> you know, you... What does any of this have to do about saving money? That's <laughs> uh, okay. The full verse would have been too expensive anyway. Just cut it. <laughs> like, that's great. Okay, so you have personality. That was another one of the ones that it was kind of like it half works and half doesn't. Because it's just like, oh, we're winning over women with our personality, not our money. And it's like, ha, that's kind of funny. And then it's just like, but after a while, this starts to sound like desperate in a way that I don't think that they're trying to come across. It just sounds like the soundtrack of guys who don't get laid. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm respectful to women and I hold doors open for them and eventually she'll call me back. You know, it's just like, dude, fucking stop it. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what it is? It's because he's going out of his way to be like, I'm such a 
decent person, which is what you should be anyway. Like at the end when T Pain is like, "Hey, I have a f- uh, sometimes I'll have a fantasy about wanting to fuck a girl, but then I'll just keep it to myself." Oh, it's like. That's what you're supposed to do. Like, what do you want a fucking cookie? Like, I don't... Like, the humor of that joke, I get it. Like, to a 14 or 15-year-old boy, it's like, ah, ha, 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 he said fuck, and then he said he's not gonna do it. <laughs> but it's like, when you just think about it from their perspective, it's just like... I mean, that's just what a decent person does. Like, that's like saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a racist assumption about this Chinese person, but then I didn't say it out loud. Mmm. I messaged you and I said, comedy's weird, because, yeah. <laughs> like... Maybe that is supposed to be the joke that like oh the bar is set so low. Oh yeah, that yeah. They think they're they think they're doing the most, but like they're doing the bare minimum. But when it's played like that the whole time, yeah, it does almost just sound like fucking incel shit. Yeah. If it was played up like that, like incels are fucking like sad and misogynistic and that's the joke. It's all about the delivery. I think if they would have made this shorter, this whole album, actually, if this whole album would have been shorter, the punches of the jokes would have hit a lot stronger and stuck with you. But unfortunately, what he does is he fucking over explains the goddamn joke. Work paid for that. The uh, uh, the last song. Wait, is it the last song? No, it's not the last song on the album. But like, there's a part where he goes like, hey, you know, can you believe that I just went into this place? I went to a club and I just hung out there for a couple of hours and... They just paid me for it. It's kind of crazy. It's like, and he's pointing out the absurdity of fame. You know, it's just like, why do they give me free shit when I have money? <laughs> you know? Um, but then at the end, he's like, now I just suck my own dick because rappers just suck their own dicks. And that's what you do. Every rapper does it. They just suck their own dicks. And it's just like, I, and you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's a metaphorical dick sucking. You're like, I, I understand, you know, but then he goes like, it's absurd. I'm in the industry now. So I'm seeing shit. Every rapper, you know, they're sucking their own dick. So it's not just me. I swear to God, uh, on the Bible. I mean, I don't believe in the Bible though. So I made the whole thing up. Ha, did you ever for a minute believe that the whole rap game sucks their own dick? <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I mean, you know, that would be an exaggeration. I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody else sucks their own dick. I mean, I mean, I don't suck mine. It was a clear joke. And it's like, stop it. Stop explaining the joke. There are parts in here that are really funny, but there are parts like nothing is worse than when you ruin the joke because now you've soured everything that came before it too. You know, so now I can't even enjoy the other stuff because I know this is coming next. My ultimate rating was like, I think is the most fair is maybe like a three and a half out of five. I would agree, because there were times where my head was like four, but then it would fucking ruin itself. It would shoot itself in the foot. Never mind that shit. Here comes Janelle Monet. <laughs> <laughs> Move on through. That shit's got to wait. We're talking about Dirty Computer. Going into this, um, I was curious about one thing, which I think we should talk about right off the top. When we talked about the Arc Android, the Arc Android, the Electric Lady, Metropolis, they're all part of an overlining saga. It's, they're all telling a continuous story. Yeah. And you see on the album covers, it tells you, oh, this is suite one and two, this is three and four, all that. The Dirty Computer is apparently not part of that. Yeah, I noticed that. I think overall, this album is supposed to be more like a personal, this is about me, yeah. not the character. Because especially from the last song, I kind of got that. Screwed? Bro, I- I'm skipping to Screwed because that... That's the anthem. Dude, that shit was so fucking smooth and fucking dope. Yo, that shit was the most fun that your ears will have. Just listen to the shit. Man, I, I don't know. Are you serious? Man, 
Crazy Classic Life might be. Ah, we don't. We're gonna have like a war over this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, and, and what sucks is people always talk about oh, this is a fucking echo chamber. No one ever disagrees. N- neither of us are gonna be talking about which which song sucked. We're just gonna be trying to argue as to which one was better. <laughs> Basically, because for me, I'm thinking screwed Django Jane. And, uh, uh, um, oh, what was it? Uh, I got the juice in Americans. I, at first, I was abrasive to I got the juice because they had that kind of weak line in it. Wet dream in it. Waking up like ween in it. Uh, me with the jeans in it. Yellow like pee in it. Yeah, wait, no, I mean me in it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, fucking Pharrell is a weird dude, but I'm here for it. <laughs> but Crazy Classic Life with the rap verse, the, um, was that the track with the I'm not America's Nightmare, I'm the American Dream? Oh, yeah, because then it breaks down, it switches up. This was the introductory track, right? Fucking Dirty Computer. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that I love... Those smooth-ass fucking melodies, bro. The smooth melodies and that you got a motherfucking Beach Boy (laughs) on the album, right? And all that motherfucker is doing is... But that's enough, (laughs) right? Because it's such an iconic sound. Yeah. It's so like, that's the fucking Beach Boys. That all he needs to do is do that shit in the background. And you're like, oh, fuck, it's Brian Wilson. Like, he doesn't need to sing a goddamn word. But he's just doing what he does. It makes it. It's such a great track. They're all good. Fucking take a bite. And it's a goddamn computer oh pun. Oh my god. <laughs> There's that, the fucking, and I got the juice, the you're so electric cute. Like, I'm here for the puns. Oh my god, dude, I couldn't take it. I cannot take it. The the wordplay, the melodies. Dude, I, this is what I'm talking about when I'm telling you. It's like, yeah, she's sexy. She's super sexy. I remember when, when the pink came out, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, it's super sexy. And that, no doubt that's dope too, but you know, we've already heard it. So we're, you know, we're not talking about that one as much. But it's like, you know, it's like, this is dope. It made me feel, yeah, that's super sexy. But it's like, there's something about the musicality and the lyricism that lets you know it's not just I'm selling you sex. It's I'm selling you, you know, I'm the smart ass. I'm as smart as a fucking whip. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm not putting up with your bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, ah. In no way is it trying to sell sex. It's just... I'm feeling sexy, so I wrote a song about exactly. it. Exactly. This is for me. This whole album is just fucking self-expression, and that's what makes it so great. Like, you can tell that it's not part of the Metropolis thing because it has such a different feel. Also, like, the the musicality of it is different than we heard on Arc Android. Arc Android had more of those, like... It was more like neo-soul, slowed-down, sort of chilled-out funk. This is ex- Explosive. This is so much more like poppy. Yeah. And I saw someone on uh, Twitter describe it as accessible. It is more accessible than her uh, previous albums because those can be a little bit more experimental. And she's got classical music samples, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, like here, it's it's here, but not as much. It's it's definitely toned down compared to the previous albums. I'm just gonna say, like, you can't not see it. You have to watch it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> You need to check it out. So much of the album is in it, but you need to listen to the album too, because not all of it is. You know, like the whole not like they don't play the whole songs in it. At least most of them. And, but there is actually an extra verse in a uh, pink that I noticed, and I was like, "Oh shit, new verse alert!" <laughs> oh my god! And can I just say it's the most like 
cute little fucking like vulnerable just sweet and just loving he's just, she's just like i love you and i like brushing your hair and all this stuff and, it, and you know love reminds me of you and ah fuck you just gotta listen to it man i'm just li- <laughs> I, like i was blushing listening to that i was like hey man you ain't gotta get so personal man you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude she did not come to play with y'all madame monet is ruling this shit right now. Like, you can't do nothing but respect this shit. And yo, on the Django Jane, bro, when she said, it's time for the vaginas to have a monologue. <laughs> I was like, yo. And nigga down dog, nigga move back, take a seat. You are not involved and hit the mute button. Let the vagina have a monologue. Mansplaining, I fold him like origami. What's a wave, baby? This is tsunami. I was like, oh shit. It's like, cause you know me was like, oh, that's the wave. This is the wave. It's like, nah, bitch. We're so, we on that next shit. <laughs> Did you notice that there is such an increased use of like the N word is a lot more on this album than the other ones? Actually, can I go back for a second and talk about the little Dicky? I'm sorry. I, I know it's completely. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, um, speaking of the, you know, curse words and shit, like with little Dicky, he would say like "ho" and "bitch" all the time, and it, those words felt specifically interjected, especially on the song where he's like, "We're treating women with respect," but he's still saying "bitches" and "hoes." Yeah, here you're sort of right. She does use the M word, but I feel like that's sort of part of the, the 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 Afrocentrism of this album of like, you know, you can't tell me what I can be, and that's just sort of how I personally thought about it. Like, I, I've been thinking, I've been watching a lot of like comedians and stuff like that talk about the N word stuff like that lately. And, you know, it's like, I yes, I would like people to use it less. However, this is a word that was imposed upon black people. And so, like, you can't tell them how to use something that was forced upon them. And, and it also could just go into how there was a certain feel and tone of the older albums. And this isn't related to that. She's not playing a part. Like, this is just who she is. So if she happens to use that word more often in her everyday, it's going to work its way into the fucking songs and work its way onto the album. It goes from the three songs that already have music videos. It goes from Django Jane to Pink to Make Me Feel. And they're all three of them are so different. (laughs) Like, how are these not number one hits right now? I'm completely like, I don't know what to do. Like, I literally was just like, in my latest episode, I was like, yo, this song is dope. Y'all need to check it out. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I I wanted to say more. Like, can I just review this instead? Because seriously, (laughs) what the hell's wrong with you people? (laughs) Pink, make me feel I got the Jews, crazy classic life. All these should be on the radio. She's got such an eye and an ear for what's coming next that the style is so in your fucking face. For me, solid five out of five. Like, you cannot front on this, man. I would definitely agree. It, it, it's a five. It's a five. You got to get it. You got to hear it. It's not a joke. Head to the record store right now. This is not like a... Oh, this is like a command. <laughs> like, this is go to the store, pick it up, This is go to Spotify, stream it on there, too, so she gets the fucking streams. What are you waiting for, you know? (laughs) You gotta get the YouTube view counts up. Just have this shit playing on loop on every form of media. Salute to her, man. She made a solid fucking album. I could not imagine someone listening to this and not coming away with liking at least three-fourths of the album. That about does it for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out, and thank you very much to D-Respect for joining us once again. 
Always a pleasure. Always bringing great discussions. Uh, check out his videos. Check out his podcast. Check out everything the man does. As far as the Little Dicky album, we wanted to reiterate that that was a Patreon requested album. So if you have an album that you would like to hear us talk about on the show, check out either of our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for the details of how you can request an album for yourself. And if this is your first time listening to us on this show, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. I think there was some type of glitch on SoundCloud. I don't know if that's going to be fixed by this time this goes up, but either way, it should be on iTunes. So maybe just go there. Uh, search Go In Off Podcast. It's G O I N Off Podcast. And if it isn't on either or there, it's going to be on YouTube anyway. So there's definitely a way you could find it and check it out and listen to it and comment. Let us know what you think. And until next time for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And we didn't talk about Infinity War, but oh my god, you guys need to see that shit too. <laughs> oh, the feels. Fucking. Because ah, you guys haven't seen it, I don't want to talk about it, but definitely watch it. 